If you're looking to create your own podcast, look no further than Anchor. It is probably one of the easiest and best ways to make a podcast. First of all, it's free and its creation tools allow you to record and edit right from your own phone. It will distribute your podcast for you and it can be heard on all different platforms like Spotify or Apple and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Your continued support is everything. Thanks for listening and let's get into the episode. Welcome to Vepra Podcast, a place where we share stories of established and rising figures in the Albanian American community. We sit down and have in-depth and authentic conversations with notable trailblazers, creators, artists, designers, entrepreneurs, and so many more. Get to know more about how they got started, what inspired them to pursue their passion, challenges they faced, and how they influenced the next generation. With this podcast, we hope to give you insight on the genuine lives of these Albanian American figures, how to attain a level of success that inspires, learn what it really takes to make your dreams a reality. This is Vepra Shaptar. Okay. Um, Katrina, you're a renowned stylist, hair and makeup here in Michigan, in the United States. Uh, we're honored to have you on Vepra Shiptara. Uh, you worked with some incredible talent, but that's not how we actually met first. I met you on the dance floor yep. uh, at a mutual friend's uh, wedding. And um, that's just how I know you, like that type of like just incredible I would say ball a lot of, of people energy. I would say that about me. <laughs> That, that, that's how they met me, on the dance floor. And basically, we just wanted to get to know you better. So just you're free to just be yourself and speak your truth and whatever it is that you want to express with our community in hopes to inspire and in hopes to, you know, just to give some words of wisdom, some, some advice. Thank you. I feel you're very welcome. honored and very blessed that you would reach out and so happy and content. Like I've had somebody of our... Wait, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> In our culture, ask me something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an emotional person, so let's just start there. Always. <laughs> yes. I can't even help it. It just comes. I'm just... Anyway. <laughs> ask me something. I can't think. <laughs> Lenit, go. <laughs> Maybe let's just get, like, to the beginning. Like, were you born here? Did you come here at a young age? Kind of like go through your story of when you were younger. My father, my two uncles, and my grandma all were in Mycia. They're all from Mycia. I'm first generation here. Um, so my grandma was not well. She was not feeling good and they needed to come to America and start a new life and new opportunities and all that stuff. They came in the early 70s and basically raised us. My parents were divorced at a young age. My uncles moved us to California. And that's kind of where the journey started. The dreams began, the hope began, you know, all these things. Wow. I wouldn't even know where to start. My uncle was a huge influence. He's Peter Malota, the martial artist and famous human, <laughs> the Albanians. I'm very <laughs> proud to call him my uncle. No, him I can't talk about. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, he, ra- he pretty much raised us. He, um, the hell is so, <laughs> okay, okay, so hold on. Okay, so moved to California in the 70s, and this were your uncles and your grandma, right? Yeah, and my and my and actually my mom then later too. My parents were divorced when I was five, 
Okay. So they moved in the seventies. So when did, so your mom, did she come, did you guys come all at the same time and which part of California? So my uncles and my mom came, they all came this way. My parents got married really young. I was born here though. I was like the first, right when they got here, I was born. Okay. And then five years all together, you know, like full Albanian style. We were in Hamtramck, super, you know, young, yeah. fresh Albanians. Yeah. And yeah. my uncle had these dreams of moving to California, becoming a martial arts expert. I mean, and he was amazing. He started in Detroit here. He went out there. He explored his things. He did. Um, he was with this man named Master Jun Chung, and he actually helped us go to Los Angeles and brought us over. We had nothing. And um, my uncle literally built our life from scratch there. How was your childhood? Okay, so how old were you at this point when you were in California from scratch? Like, We were um, right in like... Uh, North Hollywood, Encino, Toluca Lake area in the valley. My uncle started doing karate. I spoke no English. I was one of those kids. Like the whole family, we all, we only spoke Albanian. You know, my grandma, all of us, we were all together all the time. And I went to school with a bunch of like ethnic kids who like not obviously not Albanian in the middle of California. It was like I'd come home and I would be like cat dog. <laughs> and I, <would> be like, <laughs> I was super young. Um, we lived there for. Till I was about 14, I had a sister who passed away. And when she passed away, it kind of was like, I had to start a different life. And then I ended up coming to Michigan and living with my father then. It was a it was a crazy, difficult time. And But California is like still like where my aunts and uncles are, where the other Malota families are, Marina, Christina, Michael, everybody, all the other actors, they're all still there. We changed our name to Malota. I don't know that you guys know that's my grandfather's name. And Lil Jiraiya is our, my maiden, you know, our name. But they changed it to grandfather because of the whole Hollywood thing, make it easier. And we love his name, of course, and to carry his name with us. So that has always worked in our benefit to always have that with us. My family is super Albanian pride. (laughs) Like, we, like, love everything about it. Like, we try to go back. I don't know. It probably feels the same way as you guys. You guys are more, like, from there, from there, even though I'm first generation. It, like is in your soul, like to see the flag. Like the first time I went overseas, oh my gosh, I was like, open the door, open the door. I want to touch the ground, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Who thought it was going to be a crying interview? <laughs> we make it all the feels on this. When you were younger, did you get a chance to go back, back and forth? No, not till I was um, a lot older, not till like a couple of years ago. My first trip was probably 10 years ago. And we like took my grandmother's grave and we put it with my grandfather's like this very emotional we found my grandma's ring there and I I, we had a family battle and I was like give me the ring it's mine I knew nada I was very crazy about it yeah it was pretty amazing I love going back it's definitely a different feeling for sure you know because like for me I um I came here when I was like a baby. So I feel like technically I was like born here as well. And it took me like, uh, I think the first time I went back home, I was like 15 or 16 years old. So like going a long time without seeing family or, you know, those kind your roots is it's, you still want to keep it close to you as much as you can, which obviously your family and parents try to do. Yeah, we were, you know, it was hard too because when you go to learn English, right, you spent from when I was five, then you go to school and you want to, I want to be American. I want to learn English. I want to learn English. I want to learn English. Then when I was moving back to Michigan, I was like, oh my God, 
I have to know Albanian. Everyone speaks Albanian. I'm like, you know, like I cannot be the only one who doesn't speak Albanian. <laughs> so that's, you know, it's, it's funny. And then when, every time I go to Albania, there was like, are you talk like that? <laughs> I'm like, no, yo, you have my story. They're like, what? I was like confused. <laughs> so I must do something with my dialect to confuse everybody. <laughs> I think it's just, in general, it's just the dialects in our language is just like unreal. I'm like, why do we have so many different dialects? So I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I can speak to them. I'm working at Six Salon now in Birmingham and we have so many, I've never worked with this many Albanians in my life and working with everyone together. It is so wild. The dialects are like, and I'll be like, did I, did I know what she said? Or did I know what she said? And I'm like, wait. And then I'll look at another one and be like, Wrong village. Wrong. I have no idea what she's saying. I'm like, I don't either. I don't know. So how many how many Albanians do you think work there? Oh my god, like a million. <laughs> half, half Albanian. It's amazing. You know, you spend a lot of your life trying to be so independent and Americana style, and like, don't you know? I don't want to be told or be a certain way, like with everyone. And then I got there, and I was like, wait, this feels so good. Like mm-hmm. that I can look across and say something or I can get somebody's attention with speaking our language and knowing what we're doing. And it is unbelievable, the camaraderie and how for me, I feel like I'm new to it, but I feel like we won't let each other fail. Something's wrong or some, I need something. I'll turn around and George, the owner will be right behind me or, you know, anybody. They just, they don't, they're like, let's do this. We're a team. There's no stopping us. I love it. You almost have more of like a peace of mind, like working in such an environment with such a group. Would you say it's better? I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't have believed it. If you would have told me my whole, I would be like, I would never do that. I don't think I would never do that. And now I'm like, wait, what, what was I hiding from? I don't even know. But things have changed. Then, you know, yeah. how culture has changed and how Albanians from Albania are so much more ahead of us than like a lot of my sort are, you know, growing up. So you're like, oh, wow, you're allowed to do that. Oh, wow, you could do that. And, we're, and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, of course I can go out with my friends. Of course I can smoke a cigarette. And you're like, ooh, that's fascinating. <laughs> it's so silly, but it's true. Did you see that kind of like growing up maybe in your childhood? And um, I guess, okay, going from California to you know, not having many Albanians there. There's like absolutely no community of Albanians there. Yeah, it's very little. Very little. And then coming here and it's like everyone is Albanian and you're becoming proud of this and you're you're learning, you're wanting to learn the language. So did you see the differences like back then and how did you balance these differences? And basically, I just want to know like how you grew up like in the Michigan environment. And the Michigan environment was so different because I went from California which was definitely more, um, not strict. We were kind of, you know, strict because, you know, we were with our uncles and stuff like that. But when I came here, it was definitely a different vibe. We were more serious. You did things, you know, a certain way. We went to church a certain way. Like everything was very by the books, old school. And then you go to like high school and incorporate yourself with everybody and try to be in teams and stuff. But at the time, I lived with my father and he was really strict. You know, he was the old school dad. And it was like, you're going to be on, in what team? And what, huh? Not happening. (laughs) It's such a funny like thing. Not exist then. Today, that exists. People are pushing their kids like, but back then, not really. You didn't 
go on teams and leagues and, you know, I'm going to go on a way trip. Eh. No, you're not going anywhere. I'm going to the school dance. I'm going to the school dance. Like, is that ever? My aunt and uncle took me to my prom. Let's just put it that way. They were my dates. Uncle Peter and Alisa were my aunt. That's how it was. That's how it was. Even like my generation, like that's how we grew up because we lived in Detroit. And I remember like we didn't do anything. We just stayed home all day. And all of us cousins lived together. And thank God that we all lived in one like house almost because otherwise you would not see anybody. High school. Let's go to high school. Becoming like more aware who you are, your surroundings. High school, I went to Oxford High, like so far away from all the Albanians. My dad took me like way far out. And it was different because it was very like, first of all, at the time we spelt my last name L J U L J D J U R A J. Okay, so just imagine all these white people in Oxford, Michigan, north of Rochester. It was like, they just were like, 4J's cat. Who is this? What, what is this person? I definitely was the only foreigner. It was, it was different. Everybody was so confused. Like, what is that? Why are you, you know, they were Smith, you know, Thomas. Yeah. This was totally different, but it pushed me to meet everybody. Cause in California, I was always outgoing. There was never not an outgoing time for me. I met everybody, was friends with everybody, every race, every, you know, that's just kind of how I grew up and probably more because of how I was raised in LA first. Like we just said, I didn't do any dances or after school activities or my after school activities were um, ironing the restaurant tablecloths for the weekend when we worked. <laughs> there was no after school anything. If you could go back, do you feel like you wish you could have done more when you were younger or do you feel like? I mean, sure. Definitely like sports. Like I never got to do any sports or anything like that. That would have been fun or exciting. And like clubs. I never knew like what that was like. The marketing club for the, this club. I never did anything like that. I don't regret it. I mean, it's how we were raised. It's fine. Yeah. I look back on it now and I'm like, listen, the way they raised us, they knew the best that they could. Yeah. We all came out pretty fantastic. I think I'm very blessed with how my mm -hmm. journey has ended. So it's like God's will, I guess, in a way. You know? And even though like you were not able to do as much, it seems like your personality was to just go and do things and go get things done. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when I go back to seeing my uncle come from, you know, basically nothing, coming here with nothing from, you know, overseas and having a dream, making the dream happen and literally never giving up on the dream. And that taught me and my brother and like our family in general to never give up. I mean, this man has ingrained in us that with vision, dedication, hard work, he has drilled that into our brain. So I don't have like a pause, like COVID happens, I'll figure it out. This happens, I'll figure it out. You can never stop us. It is just ingrained in us to never give up. Yeah. And what do you feel like was the one thing that pushed you into getting into the beauty world? I mean, I always liked it. I didn't really know much about it. I was one of those girls who like my whole wall was always like models and runway shows. And, but I just kind of didn't get how it could happen. And I was a waitress at the time and I met a bunch of the girls and they're like, you should go to the salon. Like I, I went to, you would love it. I'm like, oh, really? Salon? Hmm, I don't know. And then I went and I was like, oh, wow, what is this? Everyone's wearing gold and silver and their hair is wild. I'm in. What do I, what do I got to do? How do I get here? This is it. 
and that really did like one girl's voice was like you should try that and i was always good at it just i didn't imagine it could be this massive career it is today yeah and how old were you at that time when you first 19 19 and i started beauty school right away and they were like you should not be an assistant and be in beauty school and i was like i want to be an assistant <laughs> i waitressed i assisted and i went to school all the same time i would work the 2 a.m shift and then go to and go to work the next day i was like good morning can't wait to be here. Oh my gosh, because I know a lot of people that always wanted to go to beauty school or get into that industry. And they're like, I don't know if I should go to beauty school or if I should just do assisting and, you know, make your way up that way. Like, what do you feel is like the best course of action? I mean, you did both. So you know what they both are. No, most people don't. I feel like in this today's world, they have to understand that you have to be an assistant in order to be a hairdresser. You don't just get out of school and then you start. If you want to work in a nice, reputable place and may eventually make a ton of money, there has to be a system. And I'm super grateful. The people I worked for was like for three years. I worked in great salons. I, I mean, it's hard. And if you don't have a passion for it, like a real one, it doesn't work. You cannot get into hair at all, hair or makeup. I do both with the intent to make money. If your intent is to make money, go do, go work at a bank. If you're going to be in our industry, it has to be in the passion to make people feel good, to make people feel empowered. That is our mission. My mission in life is for you to walk out the door and feel like a brand new person. I don't care about your money ticket. I care about how you feel in your guts. Where does this come from, Katrina? Why do you find this? Like, where does this come in you? I don't know. Like, I've always, I want, I'm a people pleaser. I want to see smiles. I want to feel joy. I literally work on energy. How people feel or make you feel. I mean, even as a waitress, the, the, I was exactly the same way as I am as a hairdresser. I wanted your order to be right. I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted your belly to be full. <laughs> I mean, it probably comes back to how we're raised too with like, you know, buying who's Smith, like giving people their coffee or like, like it's just yeah. ingrained in us to make, just like making a happy home, making it a happy place to work in. What would your job be if you were not in the beauty world? If I was not in the beauty world at all, probably in the restaurant world. Like owning your own? Yeah. I, I love, I love that whole I've gone to my friend's Coney Island and their phones were busy and I've been inside. I'm like, oh my God, you can't get the phone. Lisa, I got it. Hi, good morning. How can I help you? I took an order for her. I was like, it's fine. No big deal. <laughs> it's still funny how that's always in the back of my mind or hotels. Like I love a hotel business. I like hospitality. Just trying to make that comfort feel for people and yeah, totally. having them like totally. enjoy the moment that they're in. That's kind of nice. So then you could have like the beauty aspect in like with like a small little restaurant that's like on top of like a two, three. Gorgeous like, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I basically like a Soho house, but like my version. Yeah. In Detroit. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Totally. Um, okay, so back to the beauty world. What are some of the most like lasting impressions? What are some of like your biggest lessons and something like you would like to share with others that are, are looking to get into this space? Definitely take your time with setting goals and try to follow them through. Be patient with classes and education. My biggest dream of my whole life, I mean, from the day I started, was to work on a fashion show. I just wanted to be backstage. I just dreamt of it so much. And I was like, God, please, if I could just do one thing, I just want to be backstage one time, just one time and something big. And when I got my moment, God gave it to me so hard. I got to be backstage 
for Giorgio Armani in Paris. Wow. Paris backstage with Armani with my biggest idol of my whole life, Orbe. He's like the biggest, was the biggest guy. Plastic, he passed away, but he, it was my biggest influence. And it was like, I went to bed. I remember being in France in my room and going, how did this happen? The exact thing I said, like backstage, huge show, but with my biggest idol, it was absolutely earth shattering dream come true, honestly. How do you think you got there? Like what led to that, you think? I never stopped working and hustling. I worked for free so much in the beginning. People, photographers who'd asked me to do stuff. I mean, I remember working on Sundays in the park with a girl who was starting to do senior pictures for people. And I'd meet her at 9 a.m. I'd stay till five without two cents paid and work and do all these hair and makeup on all these people. Another photographer would ask me, hey, I want to do this project, turn it in for this thing. Would you want to do it with me? Yes, absolutely. Let's go. Where are we? Let's do it. Never got paid for anything. Did it all for free to get my name out there, to get my hands involved and my vision involved. You know, it's hard. And everybody today, I feel like thinks like, oh, you did that commercial. Oh, you did that thing. How much, what did you get paid? It goes back to what I said. If you're trying to do this to get paid all the time, it's not going to work. Half the time I do a celebrity or something, everyone's like, oh my God, you got paid $10,000. Are you crazy? Everybody wants to do that celebrity. It's half the money. It's like, it's a complete opposite of what you think. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. It's a different world, that whole world. Did you work with an agency or is this something that these are like something that you got? Like, no, word of mouth. Wow. Okay. Word of mouth, word of mouth always. Clients in my chair, people who referred people to me. I did, um, I've done a lot of like music videos. I've done a lot of stuff. I've been very blessed. I've done a lot of commercials, you know, this, that, you know, everything. My started like when I, I did some film, like with my uncle, with Peter, when he was doing stuff at the beginning and I got to have that dream fulfilled too. I want to work on a movie one day, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that was a whole other amazing passion fulfilled. So we see a lot in the media, like the local media like here in Michigan, showcasing hair and beauty, you know, just styling as well. What's your next thing that you want to conquer? Like what's your next dream? I ask myself that every day. I feel like now I'm at a point where I can relax. I'm not still building a clientele. I have a beautiful clientele. I'm so blessed to have my clientele. But I think relaxing and enjoying them more. I've been a hustler my whole life and worked so hard to be the busiest and the best and the wildest. <laughs> get it all in. And now I feel like I really like talking to them and enjoying my time with them and having a bit more of a breath. And like with COVID, obviously, with everything that's going on in the world, it was a blessing in disguise, I feel like, in a way. Kind of make you stop and chill for a second and kind of look at everything. But as far as like forward... I think like YouTube stuff. I work with John Jordan from Channel 4. Like I do, I love being interviewed. I love being in front of the camera. It's definitely a passion for me. It's fun. How about acting? Have you ever thought about that? Um, yeah, I definitely wanted to do that. I, I went to acting classes. I did that whole bit. Oh, really? But yeah, you know, I've done them both, right? So I've been behind and I've been in front. And I leave the acting to the other side of the Melota family. That's for my uncle and my cousins. That is not for me. I feel like, I don't know, like if it was acting like when it's talking about what I love it works but like I even tried to model once and I literally had the third shot and she the guy was like you all right over there I'm like no actually no no this is not for me this is not for me and he's like what are you talking about I go 
no, I just decided this is not for me. And he's like, right now, in the middle of the shoot, <laughs> I am for behind the camera, <laughs> unless I'm talking about this passion. Uh, uh, any regrets? No, God, no, no. I don't live like that, no. Every reg everything that went wrong was for a reason and God's will and you get past it and you learn and get better and be better for it. If you could do anything differently, what, like what would you change or nothing? What would I change? Um, I don't know. No, I have such a beautiful life. No, I wouldn't change anything. What led you to where you are now or what led to like those pivotal moments in your life? What led to those pivotal moments? Um, I was married when I was young. I had like one of those Albanian marriages for three years. And that was a big turning point in my life. Afterward, you know, everyone kind of doesn't agree with you and doesn't, you know, think that that's the right way to go. But I believed in myself and I believed that it wasn't the right thing for me. You know, I had to move on and that made me so strong. Talk about starting from nothing. I lived in my best friend Michael's kitchen for like a month or two. I was a bus girl and a this and a that. And I mean, that's literally starting from scratch. You know, it goes back to my uncle, like follow your dreams, keep focused, look ahead. You can do this. I figured it out. I don't know. That, that was probably the biggest pivotal moment of my life. And you just kept going at it, which a lot of people, you know, it breaks them and, you know, they just give up. So, you know, just keep pushing forward and keep moving. I think a lot of people think it's not as hard as it. And it's like, it's not like a hard break backing, you know, it is personalities and people and trying to appease everybody, but always knowing in my heart, I'm doing what makes me happy. And if this doesn't work for that person, or this is, if this situation with this boss isn't working it may be time for another boss I always just like I believed in myself and if the situation didn't work for me I found a way to make a better situation how do you deal with criticism both constructive and perhaps unfounded criticism hate it just kidding <laughs> how do I deal with it I don't know I'm sensitive as you guys can see so I'm not a good I'm not good at criticism <laughs> but I'm probably the most honest person you'll ever meet I will tell you like it is I don't know. I deal with it okay. If it's in my hair world, it depends on if the person showed me a picture and they're trying to criticize me after and it's not true. <laughs> I'd be like, here's your money back. Get the hell out. <laughs> um, no, no. I, I I try to be as patient as everybody else. I don't, not well, though. No, I'd say being honest would be like, I suck at it. I'm not good at it. How do you stay true to yourself at a time when there's so many expectations about who you should be and what you should stand for? Well, I feel like we're raised on so much pride, you know, in a way, like Albanian pride. And I'm Albanian pride. I'm also Catholic pride. I feel like I'm very strong in my beliefs every which way. And I think that we're just strong people. I don't let the outside world get into my head that way. I never have. So I think that I just know I'm good. I'm good to my family. I'm good to my friends. And I don't need to worry about anything that's going on. That out. Anybody who's not happy with me otherwise, see you later. <laughs> yeah, as long as you are true to like those close people in your life, you know, your family and those close friends, I think that's definitely important. And, and especially when it comes from the from this personality of yours that you constantly want to create that happy environment, that happy home, that happy client, that happy everything that you already know that that's your foundational being. Right. It's my intent. It's like I live in my intent. If somebody was ever like I said something behind their back, that's not possible. I don't talk behind your back. I will talk right to your face. 
We have no, we'll never have a problem there. I definitely feel I want so much good for everyone that if you see something in a different way, that is something you should look in, into because I already know what's here for me. Let's talk a little bit about, do you want to talk about like the present, like where, you know, how this quarantine situation has affected, you know, your being right now? And because I, I just want to know things and like, do you still dance? Where, what are you going to do when you first get out oh of my this? God. Like, where are you going to dance? Meet you on the dance floor. With, <laughs> what a nightmare. I mean, Listen, for the first like three weeks, I was like that positive, like, oh my God, it's fine. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to clean my basement. I'm going to clean the walls. I'm going to clean outside. I'm gonna... I was so like, it's fabulous. What's wrong with everybody? And then the never ending <laughs> pushing of the day, I honestly still think she's going to push it more. So I don't even think in my mind, like, I don't feel like I'm even going to work anytime soon. I'm telling you guys, I've been with my clients for so long. I literally talk to them like so many people every day, all the time. You know, some people wanted to color their hair at home. I said, go for it. Let me know. Let me know when we highlight you when we go back, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's hard, but now it's starting to be like, okay, this is a little long. You know, it's hard to stay motivated. I feel like at the beginning, everybody was on Instagram and I feel like you go on Instagram. It's like, no one's everyone's like, forget it. I'm over it. Like everybody's like over every, how many more shows can we watch? Like, I, I literally called the airport today. I like, I need to leave. You know what I mean? I feel like they're it's closed. Is the airport closed or no? I don't understand. No, but they like put they've only had like one or two flights for anything, okay. and then it's every other seat. It's so nuts. That's crazy. Do you find yourself wanting to do more for your country back home? Somehow improving it in any way? Like how would you contribute or give back to Albania or Marisi, Marisi, you know, however you call it? Yeah. Well, I try to like, if we do any like, you know donate things or stuff like that. Anything I see online, of course, I'd, I'd like to be a part of that. I don't know that I would love to do something like with my family, maybe start something like even my grandmother's name or my sister's name. That would be great, like a fund or something for children overseas who have a hard time or cancer patients. My sister had cancer, something like of this nature would be amazing. We haven't talked about it as a group. I feel like we should. Because that would be something we could do, definitely. That sounds incredible. In fact, we we'd more than happy to connect you uh, with someone who does this for a, for a living. Uh, her name is Bibi, and she's based in New York. And I feel like she would guide you in like the right direction. Amazing. Let's do that. Do you ever see yourself moving back, or just like back and forth? Like, has that ever crossed your mind? I love going back and forth. I like to travel. I'm probably like you guys too. Like I love to travel. So I, I wouldn't move. I'm definitely here, but I would love to go more like once a year or once every other, like go more often and explore more things. I've gone like all the way from the top of Albania, all the way to like Saranda, all the way through. It's absolutely beautiful. I'd like to go. I've gone with like <laughs> my family. I'd like to go as like a fun person, like with my friends. And like, I'm always like in these restrictive situations. I would love to go like, when everyone shows me their party pictures, I'm like, where were you? Where did your parents? Like, I'm at my age, and I still don't feel comfortable. Like, hey, I'm gonna go get a drink. They're like, Kado, where are you going? What are you doing? Never been to those phone parties, girl. <laughs> no, and I want you so bad. Phone me up and so on. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I've never. No, you have to. Yeah. It's a party central down there. When I you... know. I don't when people say that to me, I am like, what? 
how do you guys get out of the house? <laughs> I'm going to be like 104 and be like, <laughs> favorite city in Albania that you've been to? I love Tirana. I do. I love I love all the history. I love the museum. I love to visit Skanderbeu. <laughs> I like all of that. I always like to take a selfie with the one in the middle. Um, I love to go to a soccer game. Like I, the first time I went to Albania, we went to a soccer game. That was probably the most exhilarating feeling and these buses came with all these albanians everybody kuchizi the drums going crazy i i was bawling of course because i cry and i could not even stand the situation like this kid was actually the red and black face i was like give me some paint it was amazing probably my favorite albanian memory for sure love it i still haven't experienced that to this day i haven't experienced like i really want to like i've been to the beaches and like the phone parties and this and that but i've never been to like yeah like uh kuche z you know i just want to say that yeah, yeah. and like the fires that happen <laughs> it's wild how do you think you've influenced other women that look up to you? I don't, because a lot do. A lot of women look oh up to God, you. Oh my God, that's really, that's what a thing to say. That's really a blessing. I mean, I think that hard work, I feel like everyone knows I'm a hard worker. I'm that person, I like to go to work at 7 a.m. and I can stay till 10 p.m. I don't have like a no in me. I used to tell people that all the time. Stop saying no. Stop saying maybe when you start working. When you start working, your mouth and your mind should connect and you should always be like, yes, let me figure it out. Yes, let me see how I can make that happen. Yes, let me see what I can do to look into that for you. Get no out of your mouth. Because when you do that, you open up a million more possibilities for you and your clientele. It's a big one for me. You know, with girls too, I think that I was like part of the first generation to not care what I look like on the dance floor and not worry about what everybody was going to say. And I think that, you know, I was wild and stuff, but I was definitely always still like knew where I came from and wanted to make sure my family felt comfortable with my wild side. <laughs> they always knew where I was, always know where I am, what I'm doing. <laughs> More of like a free spirit. Oh yeah. I've called my family from Miami on the dance floor. God knows what time. Be like, hey guys, I'm having the best time. <laughs> Because a lot of our um, listeners were asking, like, how do you, especially as like a younger person, like, how do you balance trying to live that American lifestyle, but still be true to your roots and like your culture? I think know your place. If you are in an Albanian atmosphere, there is no need for you to be disrespectful. I think it's super important to still stay kind of modest when you're around your people. I I don't know. I just, I was raised like that since I was young. If I'm going to be in Miami, I'm going to dress like I'm in Miami. If I'm going to be a church in, in middle of Rochester, Michigan, I'm going to act like I'm at church in Rochester, Michigan. I don't need to have my Miami outfit in the church. I think everybody needs to kind of draw some lines and have some respect for being around, you know, your grandfather or your grandpa. Like if I, if they were around, God knows I'd probably be a bigger angel than I am now, but I think it's a fine line to always kind of make sure you're aware of who you're around, especially when they're older. I definitely have that in me. I still go to a funeral and I wear a robe and people are like, oh, that's so old school. Like, why do you do that? I'm like, I tried not to wear one like three times. And every time I got in the car and I was so upset and I'm like, this is not for me. I'm totally Americanized. I'm totally grew up this way. I grew up wearing a robe on my head for a funeral. I'm going to wear one until I die. It's the only way that I feel right so you make these decisions if it doesn't feel right for you obviously don't do it but for me 
it works for me. That's really good advice. I think a lot of young people need to hear that too, because um, it's challenging sometimes. You have to draw your lines. Have fun when you're with your, your friends, but like when you're in front of your parents or your grandparents, or you're taking, you know, you're going to somebody's like engagement party. Relax. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to be crazy. <laughs> draw the line, you girl. You don't need to drop that booty, and you do not need to drop that shirt. None of it. Maybe, maybe that's their outlet. You know what I mean? Maybe they don't have any other outlet. You know. Her outlet outside. Don't take it to Albanian community. They don't need to see it. Keep it out. And when you come back in, come normal. I hear you. I'm telling you, do I think that for everything, like if you go to a Jewish house, if you go to a, you know, have respect for whatever situation you're in. Our parents raised us already like that. Have respect when you're home. Have respect when you're, have respect as you grow older to make the right decisions for the places you're going. Yeah. So being here, so you were like, first generation Albanian, of course, and you've been here much longer than like the majority of Albanians that came after. So how do you see our community going? Like in what direction? Positive, negative, and in what other words of advice can you give? I feel like it's positive because I feel like we're much more supportive of each other as we've gotten bigger. And oh my God, I love seeing like Dua Lipa and BB and yeah. Oh my God, Rita Oro and see these girls shine. It's so exciting. And I, I do feel like the Albanian women have totally become stronger as a unit. Like when I post something or I do something, I get really excited when I see like Albanian girls in it with me or I don't know, like it's different. I'm like, be like, oh wow, how did she find me? Or how did that happen? And I get so much love that way. And that's, that's the super coolest thing. Like that, that never happened before. And I feel like kind of as I'm meeting the new generation, the new generation is so loving and so accepting and like, you go girl, you get it. And that's pretty awesome. So it only gets better. You're saying, I feel like it only gets better. I, I think too, cause working in the salon, now being around more younger Albanians, I'm seeing that more alive. By seeing the Dua Lipas, the Rita Oras, the there's other ones, right? Oh, Bibi, Bibi Reja. Yeah, Bibi. It's mind blowing, honestly. Like I'm still not over it. It's like I have their songs on repeat. You know what? <laughs> when they play that Dua uh, dancing shote when they're in Kosovo, there's nothing that will get my heart to beat out of my chest more. When she raises the flag and her hands are up. I like, I literally want to lose my mind. <laughs> it's so good. It is. It is. Yeah. Do you think you're going to work with them at one day, one point? Like, do you want to get your hands like in there? On hands? I mean, that would be like the dream come true for sure. But these girls have a lot of like British sides on them. So I think they're going to come first. We never but know. Yeah, you know? of course. Oh my God. Absolutely. Freaking Lutely. Dream. That's another dreamland situation for sure. See that. I could like I could see you doing that. You know, yeah. See, there's two sides of me. There's a side of me that would love to do their hair and makeup anytime they were here. But then the other side of me was like, I'd much rather see them on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. Like I just like that. I got two sides. They fight with me on both sides. Did you guys see that um Google search that's been going around where it says who's the most beautiful woman women in the world? And it was like Albania are like what? the oh, most no. beautiful oh, really? like, just, like it's a google search has been going around all over since when like is this recent yeah since like this week i've been seeing it everywhere oh my god who hacked the internet 
What else do you feel like you want to express that you haven't? Yeah. I go back to like the beginning of our life that we're super, super grateful that my uncle took us to California, that we had this completely different experience than a lot of people have. And that we saw this other side of like life and possibilities. And I think that was a huge influence on us in general. And I think that if I was telling anybody else that open your mind, allow yourself to travel, keep your options open, like, the world it's endless possibilities out there it's just your responsibility to act on them a lot of good advice thank you so much for taking the time and oh my god i love you guys thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you so much and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can know when every episode airs and please give us a five-star review on apple podcasts your support is everything Um, And thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Bye.